Hello and welcome back to another IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today we're going to be revisiting the world of the Internet of Things. But this time we're going to be looking at the overall ecosystem that supports this technology and how important this ecosystem is to achieving success. So for this, we have two guests on the podcast today. We have Hannah Breeze and Marta Mjolnos. Welcome both. Thank Hello. you. Hi, Miles. Hi. Right, now, you work in two different teams. You've both been on the podcast before, but as you're in different teams, it'd be great if we just set the scene quickly by understanding your roles and coverage. So, uh, Marta, do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Marta Munoz, and I lead, together with uh, another one of my colleagues, Andrea Siviero, our European Internet of Things team, which is a team of about 30 to 40 analysts, actually, across the whole of Europe. So, that's me, Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah Breeze. Um, I'm on the Channels and Alliances team in Western Europe, I'm led by Margaret Adam. Um, and what we focus on is everything to do with partnering, so how vendors go to market through their partner channels and their ecosystems. Fantastic. So can we start off, Marta, and um, I wonder if you could give us a bit of a lay of the land when it comes to the IoT market in Europe. So, sure, I think um, it, there's no point denying that the IoT market is certainly one that it's growing very fast. It doesn't go through a day where we don't read a piece of news or an article around an IoT solution that has been launched by a vendor or another or a, a new alliance that has been announced. But I think it's also fair to say that the IoT market is actually a very complex one and the very uh, nature of the deployments can actually make uh, you know an implementation a very complicated uh, process for for those implementing think for example about uh, the need to integrate IT and uh, OT systems for example or the multiple sources of data collection um, all of these can actually make the the implementation process a very complicated one but also the wide variety of technology that is needed to create an end-to-end IOT solution actually means that no single vendor can actually um, offer a, an IoT solution on its own. And uh, this has actually led to a very complex ecosystem, which, um, you know, it's uh, a rich, offers a, a rich web of partners providing technology at various levels. So think about devices, think about connectivity, sensors, maintenance services, and so on. Um, and although a large number of vendors today offer some sort of component or other that relates to these overall IoT solution, the reality, as I said, is that not one single vendor can actually offer an end-to-end solution on its own. So there is a clear need for creating partnerships in those areas where vendors do not have expertise or where another can perhaps offer a better and more insightful level of specialization. And uh, I would say that therefore creating an ecosystem of trusted partners becomes key to the success of any player in the IoT landscape. And yet, this is not as easy as it seems, as our latest research actually shows. Isn't that right, Hannah? Yeah, definitely. And I think that what you were saying in terms of the the wider ecosystem is really what we're kind of seeing across the board when it comes to channels. So what we used to see in the traditional setup was that channels used to be linear, so more of a supply chain um, where vendors work through distributors and then partners was fairly straightforward, um, although there were obviously some nuances. But what we're seeing now is that this kind of linear supply chain has become much more of an ecosystem. So lots of different partner types and a higher number of partners as well kind of involved in the way that partners and vendors are going to market through their partners. So 
IoT, I guess, is a, a perfect example, I suppose, of this ecosystem because, as Marta said, no one vendor or no one company can offer a whole IoT solution on their own. So they need to partner up with other um, companies. So that kind of speaks to the wider sort of channels to ecosystem trend that, that we see um, in the channel at the moment. Yeah, but it's also the possibility to scale up your solutions, isn't it? And reach out to a wider number of customers and, and organisations that, um, you know, the, the whole ecosystem actually offers as well. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So um, can I ask what benefits there are then for this ecosystem or in, indeed any challenges as well? I think Marta touched on it then. I think scale is a, is a big part of it as well. So being able to leverage each other's companies um, for their specific expertise is a much more efficient way to scale rather than investing their own sort of time, resources and money um, in doing that by working with one another Then they get um, access to that sort of through um, a partnership ecosystem. So that's one of the, the key benefits of it. Um, it enables larger projects and speaks to specific customer demand. So by working with lots of different companies, a specific solution or an outcome that a customer wants can be met much more efficiently and much better than if a company were to do it on its own. Um, so that's one of the key benefits. I don't know if there's anything yeah. to add. I'd also say that at a time where finding talent or the right type of digital talent is so hard for many organisations, having the right ecosystem of partners actually allows to reach out to a type of talent that perhaps you don't have within the organisation or within your traditional landscape of partners and alliances as well. Yeah, skills is a really big one, definitely. Yeah. So how about challenges then? I think the biggest challenge is complexity. It's really hard to partner at the best of times, let alone with multiple different partners on one single solution. So partnering in general in the kind of traditional model that I've touched on before is, um, you know, has its own complexities, but this is on a much bigger scale. There's many more partners um, of different types as well. So different kind of cultures, um, different um, technologies. So it's really hard to integrate the solutions from a technical point of view but also from a kind of business and cultural point of view trying to work out how do you find another partner how do you find five more partners um for an, for an uh, iot ecosystem how do you find them in the first place then how do you engage with them um how do you work out um sort of a routes to market and rules of engagement i guess as well so they're just some of the complexities that they have in terms of just, and that's before they even begin on a customer solution. That's kind of the hurdles that they have to get over just to begin with. So that's um, that's one challenge to begin with. Yeah, yeah. but um, also I'd say, how do you even find who is the right partner mm. for you as well? Because that's one of the complexities of, of these IoT landscape at the moment, that practically every vendor out there has some sort of an IoT solution or an offering put in place. So, you know, which one is the right partner for you and how do you discern which one and, and which parameters are the right parameters for you, which one is going to fit best with um, your, your working models and your culture as well is going to be quite challenging. So it sounds like it's a, it's a tricky road to walk at times. So do you have examples for us that you could share of uh, organisations that are doing this successfully at the moment that have an ecosystem they've built? 
Yeah, so I think some of the best examples and some of the earliest examples um, for this has been around smart cities where companies have worked together around um, local government and some of the the key services um, in cities. So um, an example of this in the kind of public sector as well as the um, the Hamburg Port Authority, which is a Cisco example from a couple of years back. So quite early on, actually, in the, the IoT ecosystem. Um, it's all about um, making the um, making the port a smart port and sort of enabling um, lots of the infrastructure around it. So roads, for example, um, sort of te- technologically enabling them. And this was a Cisco project, but it wasn't a, a single project for just them. They had to tap into um, an ecosystem, including companies that did um, lighting, software, services, um, monitoring and the sensors. Um, video analytics and, and all of that kind of working together there's no way that one company in that ecosystem could have done that on their own so by doing that they've kind of worked towards this sort of smart port vision um, that's just one example of a, a vendor that's doing it but also within the channel in the, the kind of wider ecosystem in the channel we're also seeing um, distributors and um, so distribution companies um, beginning to work towards IOT as well so for example, Arrow is um, quite strong and has, has kind of made some developments in IoT, sort of tapping into its own um, base on the um, componentry side as well. So they've kind of got that dual um, side there. So they have partner programs in place to try and enable their partners to work together. And distribution plays a really key role, actually, in connecting partners together. We talked about how difficult it is to find the right partners in the first place but distributors which kind of sit above the partners and have visibility into all of the different channels they're well placed and better placed than other partners to kind of look and say well I think you as a partner would go well with this partner um, for a customer solution in whichever vertical so they can kind of be a conduit um, from that point of view so they're just a couple of examples yeah and and just to add for example on the complexity of um you know the number of partners that you could end up working with in the um the example you just mentioned around the hamburg port authority for example um you know cisco was working with um companies like philips like analytics software t systems world sensing so that's just a few of the partners that they had to work with for one specific component on the um you know the the traffic management of the whole overall IoT solutions. So that gives an example of how the scale of the partnerships can actually lead to. Excellent. So what advice can you draw from our research uh, to help our listeners out, do you think? Um, I'd say that what, one of the things that we recommend as part of our latest um, research that Hannah and, and Margaret and Sabita have been working on, it's around um, recommending customers or, or vendors to create an ecosystem thinking culture in their partnering organisation. Um, let me explain these a bit better. The The challenge many vendors face is accepting that none of them can actually address the IoT requirements on their own by themselves. And in many cases, nor within the uh, their existing partner base either. So vendors must actually change the way they approach partners from the traditional as a selling channel to one of an ecosystem as, um, as 
Hannah was saying earlier. And this thinking must actually become embedded in their partnership, partnering organisation. Uh, both the sales organisation and the partner teams must be open to working with other parties, many of which actually they might not have encountered in the past, they might not have worked with, and engaging with them might not be as easy as it seems. So um, to us, uh, you know, that's perhaps the, the key uh, recommendation that we'd, um, we'd have. But there's also um, a way of, um, as Hannah was mentioning with the example of um, Arrow just earlier, uh, how organisations must also formalise their IoT partner programmes and in a way that it, they actually become sufficiently attractive to these potential partners as well and vice versa. Wouldn't you agree, Hannah? Yeah, definitely. And I think that on that, with the, the dedicated programmes, so having an IoT programme is really important because it does formalise the offering and it kind of makes them, it makes it much easier for partners to have like a structured way to go to market with IoT. Um, but from a vendor point of view as well, I think the other thing to add would be to kind of look outside of your traditional partner base, not to, not to ignore them by any means, but to kind of look for different types of partners that you may not have um, thought of before as well. So it's about kind of looking a bit more widely and then once you've got a, a, a larger base of partners that have the IoT capabilities, then kind of formalising that together in a, a dedicated programme. So I suppose that's the, um, the other step to that one as well. Excellent. So I think we've had a great overview here. Can I ask for any closing thoughts or um, ideas or ways that IDC can help in this area? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I would say that um, throughout our conversations with IoT vendors, we've come to realise that they um, they need to accept that they can offer uh, they cannot offer an IoT end-to-end solution by themselves. They need to build up this partner ecosystem. And that's where IDC actually can help, not just with the research that we've just published um, and the report we've just published, but also, um, you know, helping them identify which ones are the vendors that are perhaps best suited for their particular solution and you know how do they go about and they put together their partnership and alliances strategy in a way that um, you know works for successful um, implementations as well. So, you know, if you are an end user, for example, and you want to hear more about how we can help um, identify who the IoT partners um, that are best suited to your needs can be, we actually have a, a, an IoT, European IoT summit held in, uh, which has been held in October 8th and 9th of October in Paris, where we're going to be discussing a lot of IoT related themes, but also around the importance of partnerships and alliances and how to tackle that. Brilliant. So we'll make sure we put the information about that summit in the description of the podcast. So please have a look below and click on the link if you want to have a look at the event. And thank you very much. I think this is all the time we have for today. So uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, Please make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you like to enjoy podcasts. So you can join us next time when we discuss another trend in the technology industry in Europe. And in the meantime, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at IDC underscore EMEA. You can follow Hannah and Marta too. You can find their Twitter handles in the description below. We're also on LinkedIn and we're on YouTube. You can search for us there under IDC EMEA. Thank you very much and see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.